8. Journey's end in lover's meeting, Luke said, and smiled across the room at Eleanor. Does that blue dress on Theo really belong to you? I've never seen it before. I am Eleanor, Theodora said wickedly, because I have a beard. You are wise to bring clothes for two, Luke told Eleanor. Theo would never look half so well in my old blazer. I am Eleanor, Theodore said, because I am wearing blue. I love my love with an E because she is ethereal. Her name is Eleanor, and she lives in expectation. She is being spiteful, Eleanor thought remotely. From a great distance, it seemed, she could watch these people and listen to them. Now, she thought, Theo is being spiteful, and Luke is trying to be nice. Luke is ashamed of himself for laughing at me, and he is ashamed of Theo for being spiteful. Luke, Theodora said with a half-glance at Eleanor, come and sing to me again. Later, Luke said uncomfortably, the doctor has just set up the chessmen. He turned away in some haste. Theodora, piqued, leaned her head against the back of her chair and closed her eyes, clearly determined not to speak. Eleanor sat, looking down at her hands, and listened to the sounds of the house. Somewhere upstairs, a door swung quietly shut. A bird touched the tower briefly and flew off. In the kitchen, the stove was settling and cooling with little soft creakings. An animal, a rabbit, moved through the bushes by the summer house. She could even hear, with her new awareness of the house, the dust drifting gently in the attics, the wood aging. Only the library was closed to her. She could not hear the heavy breathing of Mrs. Montague and Arthur over their planchette, nor their little excited questions. She could not hear the books rotting or rust seeping into the circular iron stairway to the tower. In the little parlor, she could hear, without raising her eyes, Theodora's small, irritated tappings and the quiet sound of the chessmen being set down. She heard when the library door slammed open, and then the sharp, angry sound of footsteps coming to the little parlor, and then all of them turned as Mrs. Montague opened the door and marched in. "'I must say,' said Mrs. Montague on a sharp, explosive breath, "'I really must say that this is the most infuriating—' "'My dear,' the doctor rose, but Mrs. Montague waved him aside angrily. "'If you had the decency,' she said. Arthur, coming behind her sheepishly, moved past her and, almost slinking, settled in a chair by the fire. He shook his head warily when Theodora turned to him. "'The common decency!' After all, John, I did come all this way, and so did Arthur, just to help out, and I certainly must say that I never expected to meet with such cynicism and incredulity from you, of all people. And these, she gestured at Eleanor and Theodora and Luke, all I ask, all I ask is some small minimum of trust, just a little bit of sympathy for all I am trying to do, and instead you disbelieve, you scoff, you mock and jeer. Breathing heavily, red-faced, she shook her finger at the doctor. Planchette, she said bitterly, will not speak to me tonight. Not one single word have I had from Planchette as a direct result of your sneering and your skepticism. Planchette may very possibly not speak to me for a matter of weeks. It has happened before, I can tell you. It has happened before when I subjected it to the taunts of unbelievers. I have known Planchette to be silent for weeks, and the very least I could have expected coming here as I did with none but the finest motives was a little respect. She shook her finger at the doctor, wordless for the moment. My dear, the doctor said, I am certain that none of us would knowingly have interfered. Mocking and jeering, were you not? Skeptical with Planchette's very words before your eyes? Those young people, pert and insolent? Mrs. Montague, really, said Luke, 
But Mrs. Montague brushed past him and sat herself down, her lips tight and her eyes blazing. The doctor sighed, started to speak, and then stopped. Turning away from his wife, he gestured Luke back to the chess table. Apprehensively, Luke followed, and Arthur, wriggling in his chair, said in a low voice to Theodora, "'Never seen her so upset, you know. Miserable experience waiting for planchette. So easily offended, of course. Sensitive to atmosphere.' Seeming to believe that he had satisfactorily explained the situation, he sat back and smiled timidly. Eleanor was hardly listening, wondering dimly at the movement in the room. Someone was walking around, she thought without interest. Luke was walking back and forth in the room, talking softly to himself, surely an odd way to play chess. Humming? Singing? Once or twice, she almost made out a broken word, and then Luke spoke quietly. He was at the chess table where he belonged, and Eleanor turned and looked at the empty center of the room where someone was walking and singing softly, and then she heard it clearly. Go walking through the valley, go walking through the valley, go walking through the valley, as we have done before. Why, I know that, she thought, listening, smiling to the faint melody. We used to play that game, I remember that. It's simply that it's a most delicate and intricate piece of machinery, Mrs. Montague was saying to Theodora. She was still angry, but visibly softening under Theodora's sympathetic attention. The slightest air of disbelief offends it, naturally. How would you feel if people refused to believe in you? Go in and out the windows. Go in and out the windows. Go in and out the windows, as we have done before. The voice was light perhaps only a child's voice, singing sweetly and thinly on the barest breath, and Eleanor smiled and remembered, hearing the little song more clearly than Mrs. Montague's voice continuing about Planchette. Go forth and face your lover. Go forth and face your lover. Go forth and face your lover, as we have done before. She heard the little melody fade and felt the slight movement of air as the footsteps came close to her and something almost brushed her face. Perhaps there was a tiny sigh against her cheek, and she turned in surprise. Luke and the doctor bent over the chessboard. Arthur leaned confidingly close to Theodora, and Mrs. Montague talked. None of them heard it, she thought with joy. Nobody heard it but me.